We've got tons of feedback. We've got like 14 or something pieces oh. of feedback. That's awesome. Thanks, everyone. Uh, That's crazy. Especially since this show isn't on Netflix or anything. You have yeah. to pretty much buy the DVDs. Or, or nefariously. Or pro- a- ask pro- un- procru- procure it. <laughs> or ask Uncle Nefarious. That's right. But uh, yeah, I just um, I really hope everybody continues watching and sending their thoughts because I really want to see how people's opinions of the series pan out over the whole thing. Um, let's start with uh, Seamus. Hello, Intro to Briscoe. This is Seamus, otherwise known as Ryder Jetfire and everyone else on the internet. And today I am going to talk to you about the pilot of The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which I literally just watched. And I've enjoyed this show for quite a while, but it's been a while since I've actually watched the pilot specifically. So these are my thoughts. And yeah, and I mean, it's amazing how much happens in this pilot. You know, for an hour and a half pilot, there is just things happening left and right. And I just, oh God. I forgot how much I really, really, really did enjoy it. Although, I would say it's not my favorite of the series. There's definitely a lot more of my favorites afterwards, which I'm sure when I guest host, you'll probably hear me on one of those episodes, which is going to be great. But I, I had forgotten that there was, like, there was, like, a kung fu battle over, like, coals. It's freaking amazing. And, like, that's the other thing also that I loved about this was that there's so many people that I that I recognized. Like, especially um, the guy who played Socrates Poole, who was also in another show that I loved, Boston Legal. And that was really great. And just, oh, God, freaking Bruce Campbell. Like, he makes this show. Like, I don't know if this show would work without him. And just his, he's not necessarily winking to the camera necessarily. I mean, it's the whole thing of this show is just under, over the top. And it certainly is right now. Whether it stays that way is up to the uh, individual viewer. But he really lends a certain magic to the show. And I really, really, really enjoy that. And also, God, I love Lord Bowler. Oh, my (laughs) God. Like, honestly, I love this entire cast. They all really inhabit their roles spectacularly. Although, I might say just as a personal favorite, John Ashton as just like his 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 wide-eyed, like, I'm having such a great time being an inventor. <laughs> you know, I'm really excited to go through this series with all of you, and I'm excited to guest host. So that's all I really have to say. I'm sure you guys have talked about the pilot in depth at this point, so I'm not going to really bring up any other points. Just, damn, this is a fun show. Like, I, there is no other show quite like this, and can you imagine them greenlighting something like this today i i don't think so unless it was maybe if it was animated but i don't don't even want to think about how much this pilot costs to make because there is so much going on and it's beautiful did you notice that like i mean i'm sure this was shot on film or something because damn it is it is impressive looking it just looks like it just has a richness to it and i mean i love westerns and this has a whole bunch of other things going on and it just ah. well that's all for now so until then stay groovy intro to briscoe (laughs) <laughs> Very fast. Thanks, Seamus. Uh, I agree with you, Seamus. Bruce Campbell is a delight. In <laughs> uh, so now we got Bob DeGrand. I think this pilot does a great job of introducing the characters, from Briscoe himself to his rival bounty hunter Lord Bowler, to Socrates Poole, whom Briscoe manages to call the name of almost every other Greek philosopher except Socrates, <laughs> to Dixie Cousins. I also love John Aston as Professor Whitwire. He still has the same twinkle in his eye that Gomez Adams had. He is clearly looking toward the future and loves experimenting with technology. He, along with the orb, gives the series some science fiction elements, like the origin of the term UFO. The first time I watched Briscoe County, I hadn't seen Lost yet, and I was unaware of the Lost connections. The creator of both series, Carlton Cuse, is the man who paints the landscape on the rock that the train crashes into. One of the villains, Big Smith, went on to play Tom Friendly on Lost. 
The defendant in the court before Bowler and Briscoe, who was on screen for about two seconds, is Terry Funk. Ah, yes. I'm really looking forward to hearing the newbies' reactions. Thanks a lot, Bob. Yes, and John Aston is Sean Aston's father. Ah, confirmed. <laughs> and now we've got Claire Lafarre, who I know is a newbie. Hello, intro to Briscoe, which uh, is uh, Matt and Mel and Caitlin and Will. Yay! Hey, uh, congratulations on starting the podcast. So excited. Um, cannot wait to guest with you guys. Yay! So um, I watched the pilot. Oh, by the way, this is Claire. I don't know if I said that. <laughs> um, I watched the pilot and I've made some notes, um, which might not make any sense, but, you know, we'll see. So my first note was that I thought that the pod at the start, the kind of the, the UFO thingy, um, so each of the little lightsabers that come out of it, are they going to like bestow different powers? So that one gave super strength, and then like there's going to be another one that's super speed, and then one that's like Ooh. X-ray vision. Like I, I just wondered. I, I'm kind of predicting that's going to happen. Um, I love the the fact that <laughs> the characters in this show have Wiley Coyote logic. Um, you know, with the painting the giant rock in the middle of the rail um, the railroad, and then later on you <laughs> you have Bruce Campbell on the rocket, which was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it was proper Wiley Coyote logic. I just want there to be like a little pile of bird seed on the side of the road to like distract someone <laughs> and they stop and you know eat that. Um, what else? Oh. Ali Ermi, oh, I'm really sad that he got killed off. I'm kind of hoping he comes back. Um, but I'm not as sad as him getting killed off as another character because I absolutely loved Pete in this episode. He's so awesome. I love that he just has an epic freak out when uh, Briscoe Cat touches his gun. I loved him and I really hoped he was going to be an ongoing character. But it looks like he died and that made me really sad. Um, also, MC Gainey. Um, he, he fell off the, the bridge, right? That's what happened yeah. and with the pod. So I'm kind of hoping that he comes back as like a super-powered alien zombie man. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, so fingers crossed. Oh, what else? Oh, I mentioned Mel already the other day, but I, I sometimes completely forget how amazingly good-looking Bruce Campbell was in his, in yeah. his prime because as soon as he... When he walked into that sort of beating from place um you know without his his beard um i actually was just like oh, damn wow is that guy good looking um i love that there's like chapters in the episodes it makes it feel like a like an old serial which is really cool um the the scarred foot clan was awesome and it meant that bruce campbell did lots of amazing ash like physical comedy which he's really good at Oh, what else? Oh, John Astin is absolutely adorable. He's so cute. I love him. I was like, oh, oh, he's he's lovely. My the bit that I couldn't stop laughing at for some reason was when uh, <laughs> when um, uh, Bowler, Lord Bowler, was hiding in the stable, and then he was doing the voice of Comet, and he went, "Where's Briscoe?" I I love that so much. I just <laughs> I watched it so many times. Um, it was hilarious. Um, I really like the fact that it's set in San Francisco because I never really think of San Francisco in westerns. Um, so that's cool. Uh, what else? 
Uh, I've written something and I don't know what it means, so I won't say that. Oh, at the end, why does Briscoe say 12 more to go? Because does he mean 12 more people to hunt down? Or yep. 12 more little alien pods to find? Or nope. 12 more episodes? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> that? Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I'm on board. Uh, I'm going to give this one a eight and a half uh, pieces that have been touched rudely (laughs) or something (laughs) out of ten. (laughs) Um, Yeah, can't wait to listen to the podcast and to guess with you guys. Bye. Bye. Best rating ever. Pete's pieces that have been touched rudely. I forgot to mention earlier, too, when we were talking about uh, Briscoe fighting the foot, he was dressed like Ash in that scene. Yeah, with the blue shirt the blue and brown shirt pants. blue shirt and the brown pants. Yeah. <laughs> he basically was Ash. Yes. <laughs> All right, so now we got Stephanie Smith. Hello, uh, hello, intro to Briscoe podcast. This is Stephanie calling from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm so excited to be participating with you guys and watching this show. I've always wanted to watch it. Um... And I'm sure, like a lot of Lost fans, everybody wants to see what Carlton Cuse did before we he became so familiar to us. Um, okay, so the pilot. I can see why the show did not take off. <laughs> I can see why it didn't catch on with the coveted 18 to 34 year old male demographic because nobody watches westerns anymore. It, it was very a lot of old men. What was up with all those old white men running around? All I can figure, I guess that they're old West, they're Western actors, actors that were in Westerns. And I feel like if I was a fan of Westerns, I would have really gotten a lot of the jokes more. They would have landed with me more. But I would have appreciated the, the episode more if I was a, a fan of the Western genre. Um, let's see. Uh... Uh, Campbell. Uh, it was uh, man. Kids, time is can be cruel. Oh. Campbell was very attractive, and his looks totally different now. I know he's put on some weight, and it, but, oh man, just youth. Uh, appreciate <laughs> your uh, looks while they last. Um, and also, who else? Uh, oh, MC Gamey. He wasn't. I mean, he's not attractive, but he's changed a lot um, since then. Okay, uh, I love the mad scientist. Uh, The guy, oh, that was Gomez Adams, wasn't it? Yep. So they added like a steampunk or sci-fi element to the Western to get the kids on board. Okay, um... Oh, let's talk about Dixie Cousins. I remember this actress from about that time. She's very, she's pretty, she's attractive, but she's not very alluring. She's not sexy. Like, she could have played the part that the uh, Saved by the Bell college years girl played, the, the cute, earthy, uh, you know, girl. They needed, they needed some, some sex appeal. But, you know, what do I know? Maybe maybe Dixie Cousins is sexy. Yes. But to me, she was. Ugh, I mean, she's gonna have to grow on me a lot. All right. 
but I, I mean, I would just say that's the weakest part. I, I loved how every act ended on a cliffhanger, like almost a literal cliffhanger. Um, I, I thought it was funny, funny, very entertaining. I can't wait to watch the second episode. Oop, railroad tracks. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the second uh, episode. So uh, have a good show. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks. Oh, that was crazy. That was a she, she was almost in a cliffhanger herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I she hit an armadillo or something. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't agree with that about Dixie. I think she's quite sexy. Different strokes for different folks. I guess so. There's a follow-up from Bob. He says, I think in my voice feedback I forgot to mention how much I liked Pete. I like twitchy characters in general, like Daniel Faraday on Lost, but a nutjob gunslinger who will reluctantly play devil's advocate with John Bly, argue about the maximum speed of a railroad train, object to his peace being touched, and offer opinions about existentialism and impressionalism. Impressionism. Impressionism is right up my alley. Too bad about the bullet in the gut. Good luck on the podcast. Briscoe's one of my favorite shows. Yay! Thanks again, Bob. Uh, This one is from... I thought that was spam. Oh, no, it's just Heidi. <laughs> no. Oh. no, it looked like, what's the, it's just, I don't even know. Sorry. So Heidi says, uh, actually, somebody else read this. I spoke a lot during the podcast. Yeah, shut up, Matt. <laughs> hey, guys, before putting in the first DVD, the only thing I was expecting was a Western. Is this a sci-fi western? Yeah. What's the glowing? What's with the glowing rocks? Intriguing. It creates Superman and then turns him to sand. Very strange. Love the unearthed-born object. I am excited to find out what happens to it. Someone has to find it. Carlton Cuse was in the credits. Nice. It's extremely, extremely cartoony. But I was a teenager in the '90s and appreciate a lot of cheesy '90s television. It reminds <laughs> me a lot of Lois and Clark. Painting the scenery on the rock was very wily coyote, and yet it worked. I loved when Bowler and Briscoe were in front of the judge, and Bowler wanted nothing to do with him until Briscoe got to go free. Lots of actors I know from other things, including an Investigating Mars crossover, because the guy who plays Socrates is Abel Kuntz on Veronica Mars. Comet did a good job of saving them from the train, but couldn't they have just rolled themselves off the track? I guess maybe the rope was somehow attached to the track, too. Must have been. I don't know how that would work. Is there, like, a space underneath the track where you can tie that up, or...? I don't know. Love the rocket chasing the train. Nice save. I've never really had much interest in westerns besides Firefly, but I really enjoyed this. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts and watching more. Heidi. Great. Thanks, Heidi. So here's one from Matt Assendorf. Greetings, intro to Briscoe. This is Matt. I guess I'll call myself Matt A to avoid confusion with your host, Matt, who I heard on Intro to X saying that he was going to kill all of the Matts in the world in a mad scheme to be the only Matt left alive. I thought perhaps if I watched The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., he might be appeased and spare me. Maybe. Or at least kill me with a minimal amount of suffering. (laughs) I've listened to a lot of intro casts, carny casts, potential casts, redemption casts, intro to X, but this is the first time sending in any sort of feedback. This is also the first time I've listened to an intro cast for a show I've never seen, so this is going to be an interesting experiment. I have almost no knowledge of the adventures of Briscoe County Jr., I know that it was a Carlton Cuse project, it was on Fox in the 90s, and it was some weird mishmash of genres like Western and fantasy and science fiction, but I never would have bothered to watch this series if not for this podcast, so I'm very curious as to why Matt and Mel find this series to be podcast-worthy. 
I ordered the DVD from Amazon, and then uh, last night I sat down, I watched the pilot, and I wrote down some random thoughts, and I thought it would be better to read from a list of notes than ramble incoherently while I tried to remember what happened, so, okay, here goes. Uh, first thing I wrote down, the, the Chinese railroad workers reminded me that I keep intending to watch Hell on Wheels, except for the awesomeness that is Deadwood. Westerns aren't really in my wheelhouse, and nobody ever talks about Hell on Wheels, but Chief O'Brien is in it, so maybe I should give it a shot someday. <laughs> so Great perhaps show. I will watch Hell on Wheels. Uh, second thing I wrote down was, uh, I saw the train, and I thought, oh, there's only a matter of time before there's an episode with the train robbery. Then about one minute later, I realized, oh, it was this episode, and they wasted no time. I didn't trust that reporter who was interviewing the marshal. I thought he was up to something, but then it turned out he wasn't, so that theory went nowhere. <laughs> the actor who plays the lead bad guy, I I kept thinking his name was Blythe, but then I looked it up and it was Bly. I'm not, uh, I didn't realize that Bly was a surname. I thought it was Blythe, but everyone kept mispronouncing it. But anyway, uh, he was really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Mannequin, I know. Ish, not a word-looking face. Uh, he should have kept the bag over it. <laughs> I loved all the transitions and wipes during the pilot, and the puntastic chapter titles, and the music, and the cinematography for um, a '90s show. It looked pretty top-notch even today. When the reporter was describing Briscoe County Jr. as a man of refinement, elegant, polish, I was thinking, okay, I bet they cut to Briscoe right now, and he is none of these things. And I was right. Sort of. He is a bounty hunter with a law degree, and that's about as uh, much of a contradiction as a treasure hunter who also happens to be a nebbish professor of archaeology. <laughs> so clearly Raiders has provided some kind of inspiration for this series. Written by the same people. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, if Briscoe was from Louisiana, his name would be Briscoe Parish Jr. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes awesome. into uh, the episode, the horse was already my favorite character. <laughs> I was also wondering, why are there no women on this show? Every character we meet up until about minute 40 was a guy. And I dislike dude-heavy TV shows and movies, so I'm already deducting a couple points for that reason alone. I looked up robber barons because I wanted to know when that term first came to use. So I'm going to quote something from Wikipedia. The term robber baron was popularized by U.S. political and economic commenter Matthew Josephson during the Great Depression in a 1934 book called The Robber Barons, The Great American Capitalists. See, I bet you didn't know that. So now you've learned something. Thank you. Uh, Motorized trolleys that don't run on tracks. Who would ever think that? Let's see here. Uh, Personally, I find a chandelier and an organ a bit ostentatious for a cave, but whatever. (laughs) That evil mannequin man is quite the fancy man. His gestures prone to all manner of theatrical flourish. (laughs) Oh, Seinfeld's puffy shirt looks good on him. (laughs) Ah, the racist gong. After the scene with the Chinese martial artist, I waved my hands and arms around trying to duplicate the loud whooshing noise, but I was not successful. There's that Chinese guy that's in everything. (laughs) At the 40-some minute mark, we finally get our first female character. Socrates is very taken with her, but she's obviously (laughs) lip-syncing. And this is where I wrote down that I don't know if this series is very reliant on ADR, or it's because it's an older series and they haven't quite figured out sound mixing, or maybe it's my own speakers and home theater, but so far the dialogue has this weird quality, and it's very pronounced in the saloon scene. Uh, You would think think that the noise of the saloon and the performance of the person on stage would make the dialogue between Briscoe and the cowgirl and the dad somewhat unintelligible, or they would have to really yell to make themselves heard over the noise, but they don't, and everything they say is very loud and very crisp, 
And I'm thinking it's a bad case of ADR, but I don't really notice, usually notice stuff like this, but it kind of took me out of the scene. Oh, I don't know everyone's char- every character's name yet, but I think um, the black guy's name is Lord Bowler, and he's hiding behind Comet, and he's speaking to Socrates as Comet, but I'm not sure why. Tricks. And what I took away from this is that Comet prefers green apples, and I started to think about how there aren't many green apples besides Granny Smith, and that after the feedback ends, everyone should list their favorite type of apples. <laughs> I prefer Jazz, Pink Lady, Fuji, and Braeburn. But I can't stand Red Delicious, and I don't much care for Gala. Red Delicious is the best. Oh, here's a missed line opportunity. The saloon singer says when she's in the stagecoach, Have we reached the mountains yet? And Briscoe should have said, No, but I've been enjoying the view of your Twin Peaks. (laughs) This is a pause for uh, Matt to mention his Twin Peaks podcast. Dot com. (laughs) All right, and I also have a theory that the saloon singer is Jewish because during the song she sang Mensch, and in the stagecoach she goes, Oi! (laughs) Now, you obviously don't have to be Jewish to use these words, but I do think she is one of the chosen people, and there will be a storyline in the future about the prejudices she faces as a Jewish woman in the wild frontier. (laughs) And then I just wrote Oscar Mary Doodle in big letters. Okay, I really like that cowgirl. I think her name is Amanda, and she and Briscoe are totes adorbs. <laughs> so Briscoe will have to choose between the brazen saloon girl that is exciting and fun but always gets him into trouble and good old reliable Amanda who he loves but only like a sister and doesn't really think about it that way <laughs> then Pete dies and this is weird because John Piper Ferguson is depicted in the DVD box set art so uh, I'm thinking perhaps that alien sex toy orb that the Chinese workers <laughs> found will bring him back to life at some point but then he tells this story about he was picked on when he was a kid, and his whole origin story is really depressing. Oh, you rode the train to work? Well, I got here on a giant metal penis. What? And I don't understand the finale of this pilot. Why does the robber baron have super strength one minute, and then the next he is totally dust? So hopefully you guys will explain that during the podcast, because I must have missed what happened here. It has something to do with that orb, but I don't know why he was all-powerful, and then completely the opposite. So, something happened here, and I'm not sure what. But uh, overall, I was kind of surprised that the pilot downplayed the whole fantasy sci-fi element and played it straight for such a long stretch in the middle. Hopefully the orb and possibly other objects will become more vital to the series. Uh, As I was watching the pilot, I felt like something was missing. Something extra was needed to give it some edge. And if this series is supposed to be, uh, for lack of a better classification, steampunk, it ought to go full steampunk. But uh, I liked Amanda and her professor dad. They were funny. They could be good sidekicks. She says Miss Moneypenny. The dad is Q. That kind of thing. Uh, I liked that the saloon singer was... She sounded like she would make a play to be the leader of that gang. I predict that she will be both the object of Briscoe's desire and sometimes his enemy. Possibly the better half to Bly, a.k.a. Bly, a.k.a. Mannequin Man, a.k.a. Waxy Gordon. I predict that Comet will continue to be awesome. I really have no idea what this series is about or what it will turn out to be, but my interest was sustained thus far. According to the DVD insert, next week's episode includes some choice female characters, which is always good. Judith Ho guest stars. I remember her from uh, Big Love. She was Cindy, Barb's judgmental sister. And I would like to know when the Big Love intro cast is happening. So that's about all I have for the pilot. And if you're doing ratings, I'll give this 7 out of 10 clacky clacks down the track. <laughs> All right, until next week. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, That's Matt. a long one. Yeah. <laughs> That's like almost 10 minutes. Whoa, was it really? Yeah. Whoa. Um, we still appreciate it.
So yeah, uh, quick, what's your favorite apples, guys? Red Delicious. Golden Delicious. I don't know. <laughs> you don't like apples? Yeah, I didn't realize there were different kinds of apples. I just pick up what I find. So you like all? I like all apples. Okay, I don't like apples. <laughs> <laughs> so about the orb, this question about the orb. Well, it's a mystery. We'll have to wait and see. That's right. And uh, yeah, I agree with what he said about Dixie. She's kind of like, she's kind of like Catwoman, you know, <laughs> on 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 the side sometime. You yeah. Know. Against others. Yeah. Uh, so now we got one from Bob's brother, Victor DeGrand. Um, it's a family affair. Do you want to read this one, Will? Sure. Since you asked for feedback on the Briscoe pilot, here it is. I watched this show 20 years ago when it first aired. Westerns weren't my favorite genre, so a so-called worker had to talk me into it. But I found out right away that Briscoe was no ordinary Western. Each act had a clever title, reminiscent of the Wild Wild West, and the very first episode introduced us to a golden orb that had supernatural powers. The pilot also introduced a great cast, most notably Briscoe, the ever-resourceful Harvard-educated lawyer, always on the lookout for the coming thing, Comet, the horse that doesn't know he's a horse, <laughs> Aristotle, a uh, Sophocles, a uh, Socrates pool, a fish out of water on the frontier, Dixie Cousins, the Chanteuse, Pete, a neurotic bandit who is also a connoisseur of fine art, Professor Wickwire, the resident lecherous mad scientist, John Bly, the great villain, and most of all, a character I didn't like at first who became the most memorable one of all, Lord Bowler, Manhunter. <laughs> Maybe he will grow on me. Action, adventure, humor, and science fiction, this episode had it all. I will give it nine mysterious orbs out of ten. I'd rate it higher, but later episodes are even better. Regards, Victor. Thanks, Victor. I forgot to uh, 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 address the thing that Matt said about John Bly keeping the hood on. Wouldn't it have been funny if he had kept the hood on the entire time? Yeah. So this mystery. <laughs> this mystery man with the hood with the whole time. With a sack on his head. <laughs> trying to eat the chicken through the hood. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been worse. <laughs> he got a greasy hood. Uh, <laughs> so now we got one from Terry Mitchell. Intruder Briscoe. This is Terry, and I am my father's son. Pilot episode of Briscoe County Jr. Come, come right at the top there. We get some Arlie Army. I thought it was strange that Arlie Army was in this, given the kind of time he was known for a uh, full metal jacket. Doe is, of course, but kind of an odd, odd choice to have in there, being as calm as he is. Train escape, really, really cool. I do like how two that were visible were Big Smith and, and John Bly. Don't want to give away those people later on. Billy Drago freaks me the fuck out every damn time. He is a bizarre, bizarre man. Uh, it seems like at any time he could really snap. believe I heard before. Nice guy. I think it may have been a commentary. Can't remember. Uh, we get Pete and Carlton Cuse. Very interesting interaction. Uh, love Pete in this episode. Like later on, where Pete and his, uh, the incident with his piece. Pete's piece. Touching Pete's piece. Pete's piece. Uh, then you get, uh, you get uh, nice intro with with Bruce Campbell as Briscoe County Jr. Bizarre supernatural Chinese workers earlier in the episode uh, them breaking themselves free of their chains. Then we get Dixie Cousins a little later in the episode where we also meet up with John Ashton who plays Gomez in the Adams Family. But he's the professor. Uh, you gotta have a bit of a nutty 
professor, I guess. Uh, you can't have him sane because if he's sane, then he would get things done. Everybody would be like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, again, odd uh, to have him in the pilot episode, but what are you going to do? I did enjoy the newspaper reporter at the beginning uh, and his doing best of more than likely what most newspapers do. But, um, yeah, we got Socrates, who uh, everything I see him in, uh, I have a son with autism, and everything I see this actor in, he th- I swear this actor has autism. And it's oh. not the fact that he was on an episode of uh, Boston Legal where he had autism. So <laughs> everything this actor's in, uh, he seems like he does. It's, it's, it's a really... Really cool episode. Sometimes I think some things could have been trimmed down. Could have been a shorter episode. They put a lot in there. I think uh, the fact that they put a lot in there that what the show could be, what the show could do, is usually what a pilot does. Not a lot of pilots do that now. Now it's just, they started off and that's that. We'll just keep going. But uh, this one throws in everything that is possible in it. I really like that. But kind of long for a pilot. It's not boring. That's the best part about it. It's not boring at any time, and I really enjoy that. The orb, so we get a UFO. (laughs) At the time, I think I groaned at it, but now I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I I get the humor in this more now than I did then, even though I've always loved it. Yeah, I'm always loving pulp stuff, but uh, it's a great show. I have seen a few episodes. Haven't finished it. Gonna go through it with you guys, uh, episode to episode, and looking forward to what you guys have to say. And this is Terry out. Thanks, Terry. This one is from Harold Wallen. Hi, guys. Congratulations on starting this uh, new adventure, this uh, podcast. Uh, I've never seen Briscoe County before. Never really even thought of of, of watching it at all. Uh, but for uh, Matt uh, posting on uh, Facebook about the show and getting me uh, interested and the fact that Amazon had the uh, set for uh, an insanely low price, and really the clincher for me was when I uh, was looking at the cast list on Amazon and I saw that Lee Army was in the cast. Oh, that was exciting. I, I love him from Full Metal Jacket and uh, many other things. Uh, so you can only imagine uh, my disappointment to uh, watch a show and see uh, Army uh, killed within nine minutes. The first Sorry. nine minutes of the show, he, he was really good as uh, Marshall County. You really just in, in, in that one scene, really, uh, you knew who that person was. Uh, maybe we'll see him back in a flashback, or maybe they could slap a mustache or something. He can come back as a villain somewhere, uh, as a different character. Um, anyway, I'm a big fan of westerns. Uh, clearly, the uh, crazy show, I've, I've uh, seen plenty of them, too. They have all the elements of a classic western they have the uh the train job uh, a runaway stagecoach the uh torch singer they got the uh, showdown at high noon all we're missing was the uh the big uh knockdown uh bar fight in the, in the saloon where they have a the big mirror behind the, the bar uh and maybe a big chandelier that's going to come crashing down that's that's about the only thing that was missing i'm sure we'll get that in, in a future episode uh, my, my problem with the show was its tone. Uh, I, I had some problems with the mix of the adventure and the comedy elements. At times it just got you know, a little bit too silly, uh, like when Comet comes in to the, uh, the meeting with the uh, robber barons. Uh, and, and I think that detracted. Even though 
if it was just that moment, you would say it's, it's pretty funny, but I think, uh, as they say, sometimes you have to kill your babies. I think I think those are moments that overall detracted from the, uh, the show. I think they have to keep their comedy coming from the characters and maybe from the dialogue and, and not the silliness. Uh, having said that, I, I, I love the, uh, the painted uh, boulder, you know, straight out of uh, Wiley Coyote. Um, but uh, the other things I really liked, of course, were uh, Lee Army, uh, John Aston, uh, the guy who uh, doesn't want anyone to touch his piece, and Dixie Cousins, who uh, uh, the actress really had great chemistry with uh, Bruce Campbell, particularly in that stagecoach scene, and hopefully they'll get uh, a lot more scenes together. So anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the future episodes, listening to your podcast, uh, and see you down the road. Happy trails. Great, thank you. Thanks, thank you, Harold. Harold. That's yeah. his uh, very first audio feedback. Yeah, I'd never heard his voice before. I just realized we yeah. always used to read his emails. Yep, this one is from Patrick Wayman. Hello, all. I am really excited to watch Briscoe for the first time and experience the podcast with you all as it is happening. As I stated in a recent email to your Twin Peaks group, I just finished the series, that series, for the first time and your podcast after the fact, and it was awesome because of the show, of course, but mostly because of you guys and gals. <laughs> I had never listened to a podcast all the way through before. You guys were my first. Aw, I want to say we popped his podcast cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing that from Claire. <laughs> After listening and thoroughly enjoying it, I tried some other podcasts and was really disappointed with them as compared to yours. Yeah, I'm going to stop you there for a sec. Sure. Uh, you're making a lot of references to our old podcast. Uh, the intro cast we did before this was Twin Peaks podcast. So it was the same format as this, just about Twin Peaks. All right, continue. I will not, of course, mention names, but they were just boring, <laughs> or the podcasters were annoying, or just not that interesting with no real insight. To be fair, though, I'm sure there are, in fact, some great podcasts out there. Matt suggested a few after I contacted him. Thanks, Matt. It just happened that I tried listening to, like, 10 or 15 from various shows that I've seen or am watching, and they were all major letdowns. You, got, you guys turned me on to the whole podcast concept, and I've set the bar high. I am sure this Briscoe podcast will be just as awesome. I am thrilled about it. One sad thing, though, I will miss Brad. That guy was a true gem of hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> and how. <laughs> anyway, as for my thoughts on the first episode of Briscoe, I didn't love it as much as I thought I was going to, but I did find it amusing. I am sure that I will enjoy it more as the series continues. Naturally, this episode was just setting up the premise of the series. And I do enjoy the space western. It is sort of an interesting mix and can be done, and a lot can be done with it. Anyone ever read Stephen King's The Dark Tower? If not, check it out. It is epic. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell was Bruce Campbell, as expected. <laughs> All the great catchphrases and eyebrow shifts were there. Yes, they were. <laughs> I'm curious to see how we will play and de develop the character, and I don't think this show would be the same with a different actor. Nope. I thought the, the actor playing Bly was an interesting choice. He seems refined, kind of Euro, not your typical 19th century Western vil villain. Sort of a Western alternate Martin Short. <laughs> huh? <laughs> and what is up with that haircut? Wouldn't a guy with that haircut get his ass kicked in the 19th century West? <laughs> I guess he would, yeah. <laughs> but I guess he's badass enough and scary enough that he can get away with it. You know, he'll just stare you down. That's right. 
Also, I was super bummed when that long-haired guy Pete in Bly's gang got killed, although it was funny how it happened. He was one of my favorite characters from the pilot. Pete was just ridiculous yet hilarious. It was painful when he sang that god-awful rendition of Home on the Range. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) But I found him to be entertaining nonetheless. Oh well, with him being so annoying, I'm sure it was bound to happen at some point. Too bad it was so soon. Other observations. I'm pretty sure that guy who played Bly's number two was the second in command of the others in the show Lost. Yes. yes. And the leader of the Chinese Scarfoot clan was the same actor who played the mystical and ancient character of Lo Pan in the film Big Trouble in Little China. Maybe. <laughs> uh, questions. One. What was up? Oh, there's only one question. <laughs> no, there's two. Oh. Where? They're in the line. <laughs> Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was looking for point form. (laughs) Uh, Question one. What was up with them painting UFO on the side of the orb crate? And two. What was the deal with those giant combs and brushes in that suitcase? Well, Uh, well, the first one. UFO was unearthed foreign objects. Yeah, so it's kind of a joke. Abbreviating. Yeah. And And the uh, Briscoe just stole that case from that sleeping dude and he didn't know what was in them so I guess that guy was selling brushes and combs. Yeah and he made up that they were for animals because they're Cause so they were big. really huge yes. I think that pans out I would believe him. <laughs> I don't know maybe they were for people but for giant people. <laughs> giant people yes. Overall uh, whether whether or not it is a great series I'm sure it will be a fun ride along with you guys. I look forward to the experience and am eager to hear your thoughts on this pilot as well as future episodes Thanks for what you do, Vive Briscoe. Sincerely, Patrick Wayman from St. Petersburg, Florida. I kind of wanted to include his address, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he said where he's from. He lives at this address, guys. <laughs> Here's his rating in a different email. Ah, yes. Sorry, I forgot to include this in the last email. I didn't have time to rewatch the episode to jot down quotes, and there were too many anyway, but I do have a rating. 8 out of 10 not to be touched Pete's pieces. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> Here's one from Matt Bays, another Matt who I must oh, destroy. Too many. Hi guys, it's Matt here. Uh, firstly, congratulations on getting the new podcast up and running. Look forward to hearing um, uh, what you guys have to say about the adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Um, I'll keep this first feedback short because I guess you guys have got a, a lot to cover on, for the first episode. Uh, I'm a complete newbie to to this show. I don't know that it was ever aired in the UK. Um, if it was, then it, it may well have been on some uh, took away on some obscure channel somewhere because I, I wasn't aware of it until um, you mentioned that you were doing this this podcast. Um, so I'm you know it should be good fun. Uh, watching this along with, with you guys for, for the first time and if the pilot is anything to go by uh, then I think I'm going to enjoy it uh, because I thought this was uh, really really good for a, a pilot um, it had all of the, the, the things that you could could wish for it, it set the characters up but set them up very quickly so that you, you instantly knew what everybody's role was um, there was good humour in there um, you know, where you've got uh, Bruce Campbell delivering some of these typical one-liners, uh, but also from some of the other characters as well. I think my favourite uh, quote was actually from uh, Dixie um, when she's with Briscoe in the stagecoach, um, and she asks him, have we reached the mountains yet? Blocking yeah. where his eyes are looking. Uh, well, what else do we have? Uh, we see Arlie Ermey at the start. Uh, unfortunately, he gets killed off very, very, very quickly. 
um, in, a, in a similar way that, that he did in, in an episode of the X-Files that the intro to X-Guys covered a couple of weeks ago. So that was quite disappointing. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we will see he, him again in future episodes as, as Briscoe County Senior. Um, uh, you know, if not, then that's a bit of a shame. Um, we've got a lot of Western tropes, classic Western tropes that, that have cropped up in here. Um, in particular, a lot of it reminded me of, uh, of Indiana Jones. Um, perhaps not surprising, I see one of the, the writers is uh, it was Jeffrey Bohm, who, who was uh, one of the screenwriters for one of the Indiana Jones films. I can't remember exactly which one, I think it might have been the third one. Um, but quite a few things that, that I see similarities there from we had a, a match cut at the very start, the opening scene was very reminiscent of, of the opening scene of, the, of an Indiana Jones film. The scene with the Scarred Foot Clan um, on, on the hot coals reminded me a bit of Temple of Doom um, and the demise of, of Thurgood at the end, also similar to uh, the end of, of a couple of the Indiana Jones films, um, even with uh, a quote there as well. Um, Briscoe says he's tampering with powers you don't even understand very similar to a, a quote from an Indiana Jones film. Uh, but given that, that I absolutely love the Indiana Jones films, that's all, all good to me. Um, we have an Indiana Jones-style MacGuffin as well, in the form of the orb, um, that we, we see throughout this episode, and floating off down the river at the end. I hope we see a lot more of Comet, so I think he's the, the, the underused star of the pilot. Um, very amusing, some of the scenes with, with him. I love it particularly when he followed Briscoe into the Robert Barron's office um, and then Briscoe says, oh, I have to excuse him, he, he doesn't know he's a horse. Uh, really good stuff there. Um, so, yeah, enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was fantastic. Looking forward to, to seeing the rest of it. Um, good luck to you guys with the podcast. Uh, wish you every success. I'm sure you will make it a success. Um, and I'm off now to go and play Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Okay, so now we have uh, Robin, uh, Tabasco Robin. <laughs> Yeehaw, what? grab your football pads and converse. <laughs> I don't get it. Why did he sign this Tabasco? I don't know. Let's see if we, we can it's find it. Western name. Oh, yeah, maybe. But what about the football pads and converse? I don't get it. Explain yourself. Let's see if he does. Hey, guys. I'm sending in uh, some feedback for your pilot episode. I never ever um, said in feedback, so um, I wanted to basically return the favor for all those many X-Files uh, feedbacks you guys send in to me. Um, this is Robin, by the way. Um, hey, Robin. You did request that, uh, just like you two, both uh, Matt and Mel, both uh, call in to the show. Um, that I should call in with my wife, and I said she doesn't do feedback. But luckily, she was uh, she was here uh, to watch the last ten minutes of uh, Briscoe County Junior's pilot. So, uh, what did you think of that, honey? It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> there you go. You saw an old guy beat up Bruce Campbell and turn it to dust. Yes. And, that was weird. And then um, he uh, said a long, tearful. Uh, uh, a soliloquy to some fake looking tombstones yep. um, so that was fun not really touching as I have no idea of the relationship between him and his dead father that's right hey she, she only watched the last 10 minutes so you know meanwhile I was in I was just uh, washed over in tears oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure you were <laughs> um, anyway uh, what else is there I took I took a couple of notes um 
I did did call the talking horse. That that was uh, pretty awesome. The fact that uh, I said there was I, I I saw a picture of this horse in Briscoe on your page and said, "Is that a talking horse?" Because it seems like it's talking. Well, they had this great talking horse gag, which totally fooled me. <laughs> uh, but then it turned out to be Bowler, who. Amazingly enough, I did not even realize Julius Car- uh, Carey, uh, Carvey Carey, uh, Julius, I had no idea that this is the same guy who plays the uh, baddest mofo in one of my favorite 80s movies, uh, The Last Dragon, the show enough of Harlem, the shogun of Harlem. Uh, I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, okay, Bruce Campbell, uh, show enough from uh, The Last Dragon, uh, sign me up. This is an amazing show. <laughs> it is, uh, it, the pilot was a little long. I could I could have probably said, maybe trim it back a little bit, uh, do like an hour long pilot rather than an hour and a half. It was like, I counted 11 minutes till we actually saw Briscoe for the first time. So <laughs> that was strange. I did see Carlton Cuse as the painter. I'm sure that's been talked to death. Um, it was funny how I think the cowboy said something about how he is painting uh, the American West or painting it, and, and you know obviously he's literally uh, writing the story. Um, and yeah, right in the end we see the we see the gravestones, we see the, the father that wasn't exactly proud of him. So even in these early days, uh, Carlton Hughes learns that all the best cowboys have daddy issues. <laughs> um, uh, the only thing else I had notes on was, uh, you know, since we've commented on it before on Intro to X, I have to say, uh, Intro to Br- Briscoe, what's worse, uh, the uh, racist pan flute or the racist gong? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll probably say pan flute. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, anything else, honey? Uh, no, it's not my bag, baby. I'm not into westerns. Sorry. <laughs> not even sci-fi westerns? Most definitely not even sci-fi westerns, because I'm not even into sci-fi. Oh. Oh. It's not my thing. <sighs> this is like a weird um, uh, bridge between Wild Wild West and Firefly to me, so uh, I'm signed on. I know I don't have a very long commitment, but... Uh, I definitely enjoyed listening along with uh, the Twin Peaks podcast, so I'm very much looking forward to listening along to Intro to Briscoe or uh, Intro Brisk. <laughs> intro to Briscoe? Intro to. All right. Uh, you should just stop talking now. Yeah, I should. Say uh, Tabasco Robin out. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. He should have. He should have said, "I'm looking forward to listening to Brisk." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is another text one. Um, who wants it? I'll read. Sorry, this is from Pick me, teacher. Pick Andrew me. Fry. Oh, me there. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hi guys, I think the only times I heard of Briscoe before now were references made by Carlton Cuse on the official Lost podcast. I didn't really know anything about the show apart from his involvement, that it was Western-themed, and that it starred Bruce Campbell. 
these are three pretty decent things, but I suppose it wasn't enough to make me look into it further, so I forgot all about it again. Around the same time this podcast was announced, I found someone local on eBay selling their Briscoe DVDs for cheap, so I thought it was a perfect excuse to get on board. I've only listened to two other intro casts, Twin Peaks and X-Files, and they're both for shows I'd already watched a long time ago, so I'm interested to listen to this one from a total newbie position. I just watched the pilot today and I loved it. Kelly Rutherford is gorgeous. Bruce Campbell is gorgeous. <laughs> yes. It's been a while since I've seen him in anything. And I'd forgotten how damn charismatic he is. I was very surprised to see Carlton Cuse show up. I almost didn't recognize him since obviously he looks so much younger than today. The main villain is so super creepy. I wonder how the actor can po- be possibly be non-creepy in real life. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to watching more of the show and seeing how it develops as it goes on. I'm sure you have plenty of feedback for your podcast premiere extravaganza, so I'll leave it at that and let you carry on. Good luck and take care, Andrew. Thanks, Thanks Andrew. Andrew. All right, now our final piece of feedback. It's from Tabitha Smith, or oh. Tabs, as I believe she likes to be called. To me, now I know. <laughs> to me. No, no, no. That's, to me is it's from the email format. It's, oh, oh, oh okay. Gmail does. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Now, I know I watched this show when it first aired. I remember it being funny, but nothing much more than that. So it's almost like watching the show again for the first time. First off, is there anything that Bruce Campbell doesn't... Is there anything that Bruce Campbell does that isn't hilarious? I loved him in Xena and, of course, more recently in Burn Notice. I don't think there's anything he can't do. About this episode, my first reaction to the Chinese workers in the cave with the glowing rod was, did they just find a lightsaber? <laughs> I love a good train hijacking, but a show that also makes fun of Greek philosophers while having the bad guys paint a fake landscape a la Wally Coyote. Perfection. <laughs> Billy Drago, Bly, is the quintessential bad guy. No, really. Look him up. He's on IMDb. He's amazing. Oh. All right. Thanks, Tabs. All right. So that's all the feedback. Wow. Thanks, everybody. a lot of feedback everybody. for a first episode, and I'm really, really appreciative of everyone who sent some. Yes. And I hope you continue to. Yeah, it's awesome. We got a couple more things to do. Uh, quotes. <laughs> <I'm> really sorry. <laughs> no, I'm going to break so this much. up into two two easily digestible podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Instead of one big one. So we have a rule for our quotes section. You must do your best impression of the actor doing the line. All right. So who wants to go Matt, first? you're cruel. <laughs> yeah. And we will laugh if uh, you fail. Um, um, I'll try. <laughs> okay. You ain't got the huevos rancheros for this job, County, so I just you quit while you were here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. You got one, Caitlin? Yep. I'm calling you up, Kansas! <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> what is a, what is huevos rancheros? It's like eggs and like salsa. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think it's on a pita. I think there's sour cream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Um, let me gather myself here. So sorry, Marshall. A change in plans. <laughs> oh. yeah. All right, I'm gonna do one of Briscoe's opening monologues. Is that is that the one where I? Yes. You want me to sing the song behind you? I will need musical accompany, <clears throat> <Okay>. accompaniment <clears throat> by Mel to make it more uh, rousing. You ready? Okay. Da, Just a minute. Da, 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 I want this da, da, job, and I'm the man to get it done. Now never mind that I'm Briscoe County's son, this job isn't my birthright. The important thing is I can outshoot, outride, outspit, outfight, outthink John Bly and any one of his gang. 
Now you didn't make a mistake when you hired me, but you're about to make one now. That's all I've got to say on this subject. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. That was a good looking performance, guys. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Does anybody have runners-up, or is it, are we good? I have a few. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, expectations lead to disappointment, Mr. Sophocles. That's why I don't like to have them. Who said that? Frisco. Oh, okay. I have, like, two of them okay. that I really like. <laughs> well, I don't want to steal any from anybody if, in case it's theirs. Go ahead, Caitlin, if you have another. I was going to do one by Pete Hunter. Okay. Go ahead. I just love this character. I'm glad he got shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Forget about it? You mean, rip it from my memory like a picture from a book? A picture of a small boy? Kind of shy? With figures who only wanted to be liked and the laughing faces of his classmates mocking him because he forgot to wear his pants to school? Is that what you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I love how he says that. I know. Because he forgot to wear his pants to school! (laughs) (laughs) How do you forget to wear your pants to school? (laughs) He's a special kind of boy. Yeah, Comel. Where are you from? Kansas. Answer the man! <laughs> I'm from Kansas. <laughs> yeah. And also, also the part where, uh, between him and John Aston, have you ever had a religious experience, Grandpa? How's that? You're about to see Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete. Uh, I know, it's great. <laughs> Alright, that's enough quotes. Yes. Alright, so we should. The next episode that we're gonna be watching, um,. There's a small discrepancy in the episode order. Uh, They were aired in a different order than they're numbered. Like, episode two was aired as the fifth episode. And, like, the first five episodes are all in a mixed-up order. But I'm just going to go by what they say on the DVD. So, on the DVD, the next episode is Socrates' sister. So that's the one we're going to do. Do you guys have a a prediction about Socrates' sister? What's that going to be about? She's going to be gorgeous. (laughs) Briscoe's going to sleep with her. (laughs) He's going to sleep with all the women that appear on the show. Do you guys want to make a guess on what her name will be? Considering Uh, her brother's name is Socrates? Aphrodite, you know. Okay, Mm. that's a good guess. I go for Hypatia. Oh, all right. I can't remember what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. All right. We'll see. It's a mystery. Till next week. Or till two weeks. All right. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So uh, that's our first episode. Um, That was a long one. I'll cut it into two for you guys. Yes. And next time, uh, for Socrates' sister, I believe we're going to have Claire Lafar on from Intro to X. That'll be fun. Yep. And uh, so, Will, you've got another podcast. Do you want to plug it? Uh, yes, it's called Down Below. It's an intro cast about the show Babylon 5. Uh, we just recorded our episode for the pilot last week. That's downbelowpodcast.com. Cool. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Let's skedaddle on out of here. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, folks. Be sure to tune in again in two weeks' time for the next exciting episode. In the meantime, please be so kind as to follow along with us and send your feedback to introbrisco at gmail.com. If you'd fancy to, you can join our discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash introbrisco. Also... We're on them newfangled Twitters at IntroBrisco, and we've got one of them fancy blogs at introbrisco.blogspot.ca.
of getting in your way while you're trying to steal the day. Not guilty. And I'm not here for the rest. I'm not trying to steal your Sorry that you've been misled, but like you heard me say. 